We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Good morning, everybody. This is Broncos for Breakfast. I am your host, Scott Kennedy. I will be with y'all solo this morning because Nick Kendall is out having a baby, you know, so to speak. So everybody keep Nick in your thoughts today. Uh, He's going to be on paternity leave here for a couple of weeks. So we'll change things up. We'll do some things different. I don't plan on going anywhere. Maybe I'll bring in some guests. Maybe I'll bring in some other MHH hosts if I can get anybody else up this early. That's why uh, Nick was paired with me to begin with is because he gets up early. So some of the things I want to get into today, uh, we'll get into some of the Las Vegas Raiders game as much as you want to. We kind of let the chat dictate the show, and I'm not sure how interested people actually are in potential matchups, but I watched uh, I watched the Colts and Raiders. I've got some thoughts on the game. Uh, Antonio Pierce and how important this game is to him and the Raiders versus how important it is to the Broncos and Sean Payton and Broncos country and all the ramifications in there. But first, we go live in the mornings because we like having the chat open. We like having you join us on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, uh, Twitch, etc. We've got four Facebook groups streaming right now, YouTube and everybody. So I want to say hello to some folks that came in early, which they're allowed to do on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash mile high huddle. And uh, David was in first, David Yunkin. He comes in, he says, morning, Nick and Scott. I see that the Broncos and Sean are under investigation. Hope it doesn't cost us a fortune for this childish uh, behavior. Uh, an investigation is just that, you know, some of the, uh, if you go back a ways, we do so many live stuff, so I'll never be able to find it. But I think I said at one point, you know, the, the best thing for financially for the Broncos to do would be to mothball Russell Wilson and have him sit out because his his cap dead cap hit is more than his salary cap hit, which isn't actually that astronomical right away. However, I'd be real careful about what the NFL Players Association might say and the union might say to that if you were to do that. Now, if you threaten the guy, which is what they're saying, what Russell Wilson's camp is saying, that to, that we will bench you if you don't do this, then that is violation of the collective bargaining agreement. But it's strange to me because if you just do it without the threat and make him come to you to request a trade, then evidently that's not a problem because we've seen that all the time. We saw the Arizona Cardinals wave a cornerback the game before he was due a bonus. We saw... Matt Ryan inactive last year before because his injury guarantee would have kicked in if he had gotten hurt in the last couple of games. 
We saw Derek Carr get shelved last year because uh, his injury bonus would have kicked in and instead he becomes a free agent. I don't know what the big difference is with those, except that there was just one year left on the contract. And that was the, the, instead of a five years left on Russell Wilson's contract. But rather than talking about it, just do it and go about your business. So I don't really know what the, why that seems to be such a big difference. Um, if you bench him or if you threaten to bench him, I'd rather someone tell me they were going to bench me beforehand. So I'd have all of the options available to me so I could make a decision. Give me all the information so I can help be a part of the decision-making process. But Hey, that's just me. Jay Roper coming in. He says, Hey, good morning. I have seen a large split between folks that say Michael Penix. I'm assuming that's who you mean, Jay. Quarterback from Washington lacks elite arm strength. And that it's actually a weakness to folks saying that his arm is elite. Your thoughts? Man, I got no problem with his arm. None. Zero. Michael Penix has an NFL arm. Um, he's. It looks a little different coming out of a lefty. You know, it's not quite a sweet swinging lefty hitter. But he. I, I have no problem with his arm. The problem I have is... Uh, for me is the injury history and Nick has watched him a lot more than I have. He can actually see Husky stadium out. I think out of his balcony, uh, watch him a lot more than I have, but he says that he's just, he's not as consistent a thrower when he's on the move, um, which is a concern for him. Um, for me, it's the injuries uh, that, you know, the double ACL, he's had some shoulder problems, but if you can, if he's through all of that and I don't need to use a, a, a first round pick on him, and I can take the risk, and I know Broncos and injured players, but at quarterback in the second round with a talent like this, it might be worth taking a swing. The problem is, is you don't have a second-round pick. Um, but if he falls, then he I think he'd be worth taking a swing on. So he's going to get poked and prodded and tested and all kinds of things over the course of the next several months for people to make a decision uh, at the end of April when he goes. But Michael Penix can throw the ball. There's, there's no problem with how that ball comes out of his hand. None. Um, the accuracy issues on the move is one thing, but as far as velocity and if he set back, sets his foot and throws the ball, and it's pretty, Jay. It's 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 really nice. Monica coming in says, uh, hey, guys, good morning. Good morning to you as well. Zach, he says, good morning with the coffee. I've already had my coffee, so this one's full of water, but I'll drink to that. Jeremy Sean coming in. He's got a good question here. He says, morning, Scott. Does losing to the Las Vegas Raiders move us below them in the draft? It would be interesting if the loser gets a first crack at a quarterback. It's tight um, how that will end up being, and I don't think it would be decided yet. If both teams finish 8-9, and nine, it comes down to not head-to-head -head or any of that. It comes down to strength of schedule. And right now, they were within four one-thousandths of uh, of one another as far as the schedule goes uh las vegas is at a 489 strength of schedule and denver is at a 485 strength of schedule if vegas were to win that then denver's would tick up just a little bit because they're playing another team whose whose record is better if if um and then if denver wins there's there's no discussion they're sitting at nine and eight but if vegas wins that one and they're both eight and nine Vegas's schedule would tick up just a little bit, but then it depends on what everybody else is doing also. Um, the common opponents would negate each other, but how the, the, the uncommon opponents based on your schedule, how they do would make the difference in the thousandths of, uh, of what it was. So I don't think it'll be decided until really the, you know, every common opponent is done playing. 
but it would be close. There's not a lot of movement available in here, as David says. The last game results doesn't mean too much. If we win, we stay where we are and move back a little. If we lose, we move up one. Um, that's pretty that's pretty close because you look at the seven and nine teams that could go eight and nine. Atlanta's strength of schedule is awful. Chicago's is 463. There's so there's a big mark there. Vegas is a chance. If um if you end up tied with Minnesota, you'll probably move ahead of them because they're 507. So that's really about it. You've got a chance to jump New Orleans if New Orleans wins. Um, if you both finish eight and nine, their strength of schedule is only the only easier schedule in the NFL is Atlanta's. And those two teams are playing in the disappointment bowl on Sunday at one o'clock. So there's not going to be too much movement uh, unless you win it. And then you've got to look at, uh, you know, Seattle and Cincinnati, Houston and Pittsburgh and see what they end up doing. You know, if Houston loses, if Pittsburgh loses, uh, Pittsburgh's probably going to, they got a 544 playing in the, in the NFC North um, at nine and eight. So they're probably going to have the, uh, the 18th pick regardless with their record. So not a ton of movement there, but you know, one spot could matter. You know, you know how it goes. First crack at a quarterback. I think we'll see. I, I just, if JJ McCarthy becomes available, would he be, would he be someone you'd want to take in the teens? Uh, Michael Penix, we talked about the injury concern. Would Bo Nix go that high? I think if you set your mind on a quarterback in the teens, I think you could probably get him. Um, I'm just not sure you want to. Now, we talked before, does Bo Nix fit kind of what Sean Payton wants to do with all that side-to-side -side underneath throwing? He's really accurate underneath, good mobility, big, strong kid. Maybe. Is that worth a first-round pick? Or can I find a guy that can throw side-to-side -side and you know is big and strong in the pocket and accurate underneath? Um, again, I just I don't know that that's worth a first-round pick. So we will see lots of lots of stuff going on there. Only bring up my uh, I want to keep an eye on the on the Facebook chat because I know people like to come in with stars and I want to try not to miss. So give me just. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In, and then I hear myself talk, so you have to pause it twice for some reason. So uh, let me see as we come in here. Uh, Bam X saying, uh, good morning, Broncos country. Good morning to you. And let me scroll down here just a little bit. Chase is in. He says, Scott freaking Kennedy. Yeah, I've been called worse than that. I promise you that. Um, Robot of Doom coming in on Twitch. Good to see you. Like seeing our Twitch guys coming in. 
Uh, Twitch folks, this morning, Scott, guessing the show wasn't big enough for the two of you. Uh, I think it's because it's going to be the three of us. Uh, there's there's going to be a, there's a there's another Kendall coming. So, you know, that's that's what it's all about. So, um, like I said, we'll figure out a way to to uh, to keep the content going. I was thinking it's like maybe I take this down to twice a week while Nick is out. And I'm like, it's still under consideration, but probably not. There's too much going on during the two weeks as we're getting ready for senior bowl uh coaching changes you know there's going to be some there's a lot going on in these next two weeks so we'll, we'll we'll keep it rolling um richard coming in it feels like a newer name he says good morning uh scout and that that's me i answer to a lot of things and broncos country good morning rodney good to see you he says good morning scott thank you for holding it down while nick is away go broncos scott what was your take on sutton being snubbed in the pro bowl well, my take was probably that he wasn't snubbed, um, which might not be the answer that you want. Um, you know, you look at the overall numbers that he's got, and it I just think they're just they're not there. Um, you know, let me let me bring up the AFC receivers here real quick. But you know, I saw a tweet one of the Broncos beat writers yesterday. Um, I don't remember who it was, but you know, it was it was basically, you know, he's he's in the the twenties or teens and everything but touchdowns, which, you know, makes it really hard for him to, to be chosen. I mean, Tyreek Hill. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty much a given. Uh, a lot of the big time receivers are in the NFC though, with the, with the big numbers, you know, are you going to take him over Amari Cooper, 1250 and five touchdowns? Maybe uh, Keenan Allen, 1257 touchdowns, uh, Cincinnati, Jamar Twa chase, 1200 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, Michael Pittman was, I don't believe he was a pro bowler and he's 1100 yards. He's down on the touchdowns. So there's a, a combination there, but I've got to go all the way down to, let me see. I have to actually do a search on it because it takes me a while. 42nd in receiving. Now that's not just, that's includes tight ends, but he's 42nd in receiving yards in the NFL. Um, overall touchdowns you know, or down a little bit. He, he is um, second behind Tyreek Hill. But I, I think that, I just think the volume wasn't there. Now he's got some great catches and everything, but I just think the volume wasn't going to be there. Not throwing the ball downfield enough for the highlight plays and the touchdowns to overcome the overall lack of numbers. So I don't, I don't consider him. I, I think a bigger one for me, Rodney, is, is Quinn Miners. You know, I, I know he was selected as an alternate, but I'm getting a little tired of the grandfather clause that Quentin Nelson seems to have. And, uh, you know, I, I do some work with the Colts and I, I watch them. And Quentin Nelson hasn't been the guy the last three seasons that he was in his first three, especially last year. He was average at best Pro Bowl. This year, he, he's better, but not great. Quinn Miners was better than him, but Quentin Nelson keeps getting that nod. You look at preseason top guards. He's a little top three. I'm like, he's not top three. He may not even be top 15. The bigger snub to me for Broncos country for uh, for Pro Bowl selection was Quinn Miners has played better this year than Quentin Nelson in the AFC. That's what I think. Thank you for asking. Who asked you anyway? Well, you did. Thank you. Joey says, good morning, Scott. He's uh, he's finding his way to us over on um, on Facebook as well. What do you change your name? 
uh, Woody comes in. He comes in uh, on YouTube as Woofy, and he said we asked him about it. He's like, "What's up with Woofy?" He's like, "Well, my name is actually Woody, but it was a typo, and I've just kind of run with it." So this actually is Woofy Malat. Good to see you, Woody. <laughs> Philip, good morning. Good morning. Um, Jeremy says define threat, saying something might happen. Yeah, that's a threat. If you don't do this, we, we could bench you. That that counts as a threat uh lambo uk coming in across the pond i like it's one of the reasons i love doing this show in the morning is it really expands the time zone availability for broncos fans and we get a lot of overseas from uh, the dwi guys from roderick lambo uk good to see you good to see you uh kayleon green is here he says uh yo yo back at you uh sw lion 16 uh, making the rounds. Appreciate you being here. He's done. Uh, he's he's over on my YouTube channel a lot, and it's good to see you over here to talk some uh, talk some football. But he says uh, Michael Penix knows Michigan from earlier time in the Big Ten. He's the best quarterback Michigan has played all year for sure. He's he's really good. He's uh, he's 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 a really good player. Uh, Michael Rankio asked in the chat the other day. He goes, I've seen some NFL experts compare him to Lamar Jackson. I'm like, if they're comparing him to Lamar Jackson then they're not NFL experts. <laughs> they're so much different. They're night and day different quarterbacks. It's just, it's really not even close. It's like, well, oh, as though the way the ball comes off his hand. I'm like, I can't find a better comp than Lamar Jackson for, for the left-handed Michael Penix, who has about 250 yards in six years of rushing. That was a good game. I think, I think Lamar Jackson had 150 yards or more 13 times. In his career, 150 yards rushing from the quarterback spot, you know, along my Lamar Jackson was a video game at Louisville. He played tech mobile. He was putting up tech mobile numbers. Patrick coming in says, Aloha, Mr. Scott. Good morning to you, Patrick. Good to see you. Uh, and Jeremy on the draft going back, he says, I heard we go anywhere from 11th to 15th. That sounds about right. Not a lot of, uh, not a lot of variance in there. It's, it's, it's there, there isn't in there. And, uh, you know, OD death metal says Penix is going top 10. Um, I would take the over on that. Um, I, I think there's going to be too many medical questions in there that if I uh, had a, if, if I'm given the over under at 10, I'm, I would probably take the over on that one. So we'll see quarter teams get kind of crazy when it comes to quarterbacks. So, you know, so, and, and that's one of the reasons I've said, you're going to probably have to get up to three at worst four. If you're going to want J Jaden Daniels. Um, Caleb Williams and Drake may don't fall out of the top three and it wouldn't totally shock me to see Jaden Daniels go third. If I'm the Chicago bears and I'm thinking, depending on how this weekend goes up, if I look at it right now and I've got Chicago bears picking one Washington two, new England three, if I'm the bears and I like the progression of Justin Fields and I feel pretty good about that, the dream scenario for the bears would be to trade back from one to three with new England. Uh, New England would take their quarterback. There's a lot of talk that people are saying, hush, hush. Nobody really wants to upset Bill Belichick, but they're going to move on. Reset the quarterback position, move up to number one, take whoever they want to. And then um, Chicago moves back to number three and, and could pick up another two first round draft picks. You get Marvin Harrison Jr. and could pick up, could really pick up a 25 and a 26 first round draft pick. Well, why would New England move up that high? They might, if depending on if they really like, if they if they're not high on Jaden Daniels, they might. 
but somebody's going to offer Carolina. Or I'm sorry, I'm looking at the, it says Carolina to Chicago. Someone's going to offer Chicago one of the biggest hauls we've ever seen in, in NFL draft history with multiple first round picks, players, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you're Washington and you love one of those guys more than the other, would you want to move from one to two? And if you're Chicago, do you move from two to three? Man, Chicago's in a good spot. They're in a really fun spot right now. So I'd take the um, I take the over on Penix right now. I mean, I've seen Bo Nix as high as seven, but I also see most people don't have him in the first round. So we will see. We will see. Alan Forster, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, appreciate you jumping in. Uh, David Cromwell breaking the ice with a super chat this morning. We appreciate that. He says, on a scale of one to 10, how likely is it that the Broncos will add to their quantity of picks before the draft? Sean Payton does have a history of doing so in New Orleans, which is what allowed them to make big moves up the board. That That's kind of counterintuitive there. He traded down so he could trade up. Well, which was it? Because you got to give up pips to move up a lot. And last year, we saw him give up picks to move up. So George Payton, if he's here, traded down a little bit more. Sean Payton kind of has a history of moving up. How likely is it that they add to their quantity of picks before the draft? I still think it's going to be fairly likely. Um, if I'm sitting there at 14, now we've, we've gone through a mock draft at some of the players that could be available at, say, 11 to 15, and there's good players in there. But, man, I'd rather move from 14, and if I could pick up three day two picks give me a second and two thirds give me two seconds and a third give me two seconds and a fourth and a conditional I if I'm this Denver Broncos team I'd rather have three day two picks than the number 14 overall um so we'll see we'll see um could I take my fourth rounder from Miami at 130 right now and the fifth rounder from 142 and another fifth rounder so I've got three picks between 130 and 150. Could I spin one of those into a couple of 175, 178, 180 picks? Maybe. That might be what I would try and do and, and try and, and get lucky. You've you've had some good success with guys in there and gotten lucky on a few guys. And Jonathan Cooper has certainly outplayed his draft status. That uh, I think more picks is going to be more better for this team moving forward. You need depth. Uh, the, the starting guys are, are solid. And, and Monday, I think that's what we're going to do. It'll be the end of the season. We'll do season grades and probably buy, sell. Who are guys you want back? Who are guys you're looking to replace? We'll probably do that on Monday. Um, but on a scale of one to 10, since you asked the question, how likely is it the Broncos trade down or make a trade to get more picks? Seven. I would say it is likely. Right now, the Broncos have six picks. I think the Broncos finish with more than six picks. So by, by the end of... The draft, I think the Broncos have more than six guys drafted and, and coming in. So good question. And we will we will see on that. Gary Palmer says, morning, Scott. Coming in with another super. Good to see you. He says, morning, Scott. Thanks for keeping things going while Nick is out. It's the least I can do, y'all. I'm here, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. So I'm looking forward to uh, the next couple of weeks. Uh, Nick is going to be out for, it, it'll go fast. I think he said probably the 15th. So we, we might get three or four shows in. So we will see. Um, Lawrence coming in. He says, good morning, guys. I honestly would like to have a throwback moment on everybody's comments when he signed. Uh, 
heck, I was mad and happy talking about either Sean or Russell. Um, there's lots of that going on. Uh, it's tough. We do so many of these. It's hard to remember. It's hard to, you can't find, somebody can look it up and somebody does. Uh, you know, again, I, I, I get accused of saying things sometimes. That's what annoys me. It's like, listen, I'm wrong all the time. When you're predicting the future, when you're making prognosis, when you're doing predictions, you're going to be wrong all the time. Only way to not be wrong is to never make a prediction. You don't have to make stuff up that I said to prove me wrong. It's not hard. I'm going to say something wrong pretty much every show when you're going live and making future predictions like Vegas and the Broncos. I'll probably be wrong on that one. Um, let me see here. This is a good question from Dan, and this was one of the things I wanted to uh, to hit on Monday when we start talking about buy-sell. Do you think the Denver Broncos make any coaching changes like at offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator? The, the Denver Broncos could make an offensive coordinator change with Lombardi, and I wouldn't notice. So for me, Sean Payton is the offensive coordinator as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to say no on offensive coordinator, and I'm going to say it's, prob it's more possible on the defensive side of the ball, but I probably wouldn't. If Vance Joseph wanted to come back, you know, assuming he's not looking at, you know, he'll get, he'll probably get a couple head coaching interviews. Um, I don't know how, how strong a candidate he will be, but I think based on the limitations on defense, I think uh, with the personnel that we've gone through and we can go through it again, we'll go through it again on Monday. I think Vance Joseph overall did a good job with his defense overall. Now there were some kind of like the team in general, there were some Lower lows than you would ever expect. I mean, yes, Miami, we know. And then there were some higher highs that we wouldn't have. The variation on this team, the inconsistency on this team was pretty baffling, honestly. You know, there's kind of what we expected. Once it finally settled in, we got a little bit of what we expected with the close games, the variance where you, when you play everybody close, you're going to lose a couple of close ones that you probably thought you should have win. And you're going to win a couple of close ones that you probably thought you should have, have, have lost. You're going to play around 500 ball. That's kind of where this team has settled in. And overall, I think that's about right. This, they were never as bad as one in five would suggest. They were never as bad as 70 points would suggest. They were never as good as six and one would suggest. They're somewhere around a 500 team. And that's where it's all going to shake out at the end of, uh, at the end of the, um, at the end of the day, Jeremy says, it might rain. Did I just threaten going back into the uh, to the threaten? You don't have the power to make it rain. At least I don't think you do. Uh, if I don't have the power to follow through on my threat, that is not really a threat, is it? If I do have the power to make it rain, and I can threaten you with rain, if I'm standing here with a hose and I tell you I'm going to make you get wet, that's a threat. If I'm going to look up at the sky and say I'm going to make it rain, that's baloney. Robot of Doom says, also, Scott, I'll just say it. Broncos country next to uh, needs to breathe and relax. This was a start of a massive rebuild. The fact we won as many games as we did and how we did is insane. Let Sean Payton build the team the way he wants with his players year or two and boom, look out. I don't totally agree with this one robot of doom. I think, oh, man, this, the, the, the winning streak. I don't know if it fooled you. 
into thinking, okay, we're, we don't need a fire sale, but I don't think this is a massive rebuild rebuild. I don't. Um, and you better hope it's not is the thing because you don't have the draft picks with six draft picks, no second round pick. You don't have, you know, if I'd been collecting picks and you know, I've got two first round picks this year or something, and I was always going to be low on salary cap funds in order to try and augment my team with free agency, that there's not a lot of room to rebuild this team right now. And I honestly, I think that's okay. If I look at, um, you know, and, and like I said, we'll go through this again. I, I, I said we were going to talk uh, some some Raiders, but I also said I'd let y'all read the chat because I'm not lead the lead the lead the chat here because I'm not sure how interested people are going to be overall in the Raiders. Other than yes, finishing nine and eight would be great. Getting that seven game losing streak off your back would be great. But other than that, there's no real implications. Not even real big implica- implications for the draft. There's no playoff implications. I think it's important for this team, but I don't think it's a, a watershed moment. I think overall, I think it's probably more important for Las Vegas. You start talking about guys saying, you know, we're, we're playing for Antonio Pierce. This is a guy we want. Then there's more on the line for Las Vegas because Sean Payton is going to be here next year. Now, who's going to be here with him? But I look at the core of this team. Your offensive line, you, you rebuilt that. Last year, you put big money on Mike McGlinch, you put big money on Ben Powers. And that might be your point, the start of the rebuild. Uh, that was part of it. But I don't think there was a massive overhaul of players yet because you're you're looking to probably restructure slash extend Cortland Sutton, Garrett Bowles, um, and, uh, and Justin Simmons. Lloyd Cushenberry could be a change, but, you know, it's a center. And that's not huge on the defensive side of the ball. If you go draft and you, you, you feel confident you can get a quarterback in free agency or with Jarrett Stidham, you have to, you absolutely have to address the defensive line. You did with one guy with Zach Allen, but DJ Jones was bad this year. Jonathan Harris wasn't good. Matt Hankson is okay. Purcell's a free agent. Elijah Garcia. I don't remember seeing him at all. Um, you've got young edge rushers, but, you, you could you need another one um and Nick Benito and Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper so I don't I don't know it doesn't feel like it's a massive rebuild where I'm going to be investing a ton of draft picks and a ton of money and being able to to make things to make things uh this team look drastically different next year drastically um Monica has a good question so is this year's draft better than the last two, or is it really the same? Uh, it depends. Uh, the quarterback position, I think this draft, where were we last year? CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young. This draft at the quarterback position is significantly better. Um, if I took the, the guys last year and put them in this class for the quarterback position, the earliest one goes would be third, and it might be fourth. Um, now that's also because I think people missed on CJ Stroud, but CJ Stroud goes behind Bryce Young. Bryce Young does not go ahead of Caleb Williams or Drake may, and he may sneak in ahead of, of Jaden Daniels. Um, CJ Stroud would be in that same boat. So it would really come down to those three. So the quarterback position, I think this, this class is deeper at wide receiver and it's deeper on the offensive line. Uh, I like some of the big edge guys I see, but we'll, uh, for me, 
how deep is the second and third round? How deep does it go to one to one fifty? There are good players you can get up to to fifteen for sure. So if you if you stay put, we went through a mock draft on Tuesday, and you started looking at some of the players that you could get there, and there were some good players that are going to be available for you in positions of need of premium positions, uh, quarterback, edge, tackle, quarterback, uh, receiver. So you'll be able to get a, a good player where you are in the draft. But when I, when I start thinking of most people, unfortunately, when they start thinking, is this a good draft? They look at the top 10. They don't look beyond that. And two years ago, I really, really liked the draft from 30 to 100. Loved it. And it's kind of played out that way too. So senior bowl for me is going to be important. I'll be going down there in three weeks. Um, I'll have videos for you all, you know, 80 guys again. Uh, I, if I get a, at least a minute, three plays usually of a guy, I'll put up a video on him. So um, I'll feel a lot better than that on, on those guys come February for the depth of the draft, Monica. All right, Michael Ranquillo is here. Let me see where Mike is. Let me scroll all the way down to the bottom. Good to see you, Michael. He says, good morning, Scott. I'm Broncos for breakfast, coming in with some stars. Um, good to see you. Thank you from Tucson, getting up bright and early with us. And uh, let me see here. I want to say hello to Malcolm coming in as well. Says hello, says hello from Homer. So he's up bright and early. It's probably still dark there. Um, let me see. And uh, all right. Uh, I'll, I'll keep an eye on the chat. Keep an eye on some of the questions. There are a couple of things I wanted to get into. Pro Bowl selections was one of them. We hit on those. Um, the interesting thing, and, and we, we touched on this. Uh, if you just were to pick up, let's say, Let's say Pat Sertan says, I don't want to sign a contract extension. You're going to have to franchise me if you want to. I think he's going to get an extension. But if you, when you pick up his fifth year option, that's that Pro Bowl uh, cost, end up costing the Denver Broncos another $2.6 million on his, on his option. So maybe you don't mind some of these on guys on, on, you don't mind first year draft picks getting snubbed. Um, his fifth year option will go up um, $2.6 million, but that I don't think that's going to happen. I think they make him a very, very wealthy man before his fifth year option kicks in. You pick it up. You have to do that this this offseason. You do that, but then you negotiate an extension all the way up over the course of the the next um, couple of months, so that his his fifth year option never kicks in. You, you get him his extension, and you knock that that salary hit down from twenty million down to five or six million in, in the first year of it. Um. Gordon comes in. He says, first time I've watched live. Love, love all you guys. Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad you're here. Uh, sorry, it's just me today. Um, Nick definitely makes the show better. We're going to do what we can on this one for sure, though. So we're, we'll keep it going and we'll keep y'all involved. That certainly helps. Um, a couple other things I wanted to talk about. Um, I, I got a question in, in one of my DMs about you know a possible trade and, and could... Could another team come in and say to uh, to Russell Wilson, you know, you're going to have to restructure your contract before we're going to trade for you? They could. One, that'd be tampering. Um, but, you know, things like that. You have discussions with with agents all the time. But why Why would they? If I, Let's say, you know, one of the teams that is very quarterback needy that has been mentioned with uh, with the Denver Broncos is the Atlanta Falcons. If I'm Terry Fontenot, general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, why would I worry if if I don't think 
they're going to keep Russell Wilson. The same thing played out with Derek Carr last year. Why would I make a trade and tra- and and f- keep that contract alive? And frankly, I'm not sure how much how much it does how much it helps Denver Broncos to make a trade. And basically they're saying, can we sell off some of that salary? We'll trade to you and we'll kick in a, a third rounder if you pay him $20 million and get us, we'll, we'll give you a third rounder for $20 million in, in salary. No, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Nobody's going to trade for Russell Wilson. They're going to either let him rot on the bench at Denver, or they're going to wait until Denver cuts him uh, this off season. So no, I don't expect to see a trade there. Um, wanted to talk some Raiders here real quick. Um, let me see. We're still we're still talking about this one. Jeremy's still on this one. He says, telling a player if you don't want to move the date of the injury guarantee, then we might need to protect ourselves and sit you because the play isn't good enough, isn't a threat. It's just reality. Okay, well, we disagree on that. Um, saying, you know, if we've come to a different contract and again, we're going to make you inactive if you don't move, if you don't change your contract. That's a threat, dude. Reality. It might be reality, but it's a threat. I don't, I don't know how else to it's, it's, it's strong arming negotiations. Well, he's got a contract in place. I mean, it's, you can follow through on it, but like I said, I don't know why the threat is worse than the actual action. You can just do it. It's happened before. That's that's the point. I don't get why is the threat seem to be worse than actually doing it. You guys get moved for money reasons all the time. They get cut for money reasons all the time. So I don't understand why the threat would actually be worse than the action. If I just kept my mouth shut and put them on the bench, there's no problem. But if I say I'm going to put you on the bench, that's the problem. That's the part I don't get. Um. Let's see here. Chris Jenkins talking about Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. He says Teddy's retiring after this season. He may stay in, in Minnesota. He's he's got a choice. Teddy Bridgewater will have a chance to be a coach pretty much wherever he wants to be. He's going to be a very hot commodity as a quarterback coach, as a position coach to come in. Uh, if he decides that what he that's what he wants to do. Um, it would not surprise me a bit if he wants to get into coaching to see Teddy Bridgewater as a, as a head coach within five years, wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, and let me see here. Uh, um, here we go. Let's talk a, bit, a little bit about, uh, this Raiders game. Again, it, it doesn't seem like anybody wants to, um, anybody wants to talk Raiders too much on this one, but, uh, I, I put it in the title previews and predictions. So I might as well hit on it for at least two seconds. Um, I watched the Raiders against the um, against the Colts, and the Colts play pretty well at home. What surprised me was um, really the lack of ability for the the Raiders in the running game. The Colts aren't great running defense, and the the Raiders kind of ended up becoming there was a lot of underneath passes, underneath, underneath, underneath. So, what's going to be important for this game for the Denver Broncos is tackling. And I was glad to see Nick Benito back in the game last week because he will add an element of speed that maybe Singleton and Jewel don't have because we see Benito get placed all over the place. Now, he's an edge guy, but he's got speed to chase down from the backside. I think Benito is going to be important in this game. I would like to see a lot of Drew Sanders in this game with his speed out there as well. Josie Jewel is a free agent after this game. Why don't we play Drew Sanders? Now, Sean Payton was asked at his press conference, 
Are you trying to get more an evaluation, more experience for your younger guys? He says, I'm playing this game like I would any other, and I'm playing to win. Now, coaches lie so much, they don't call it lying. They call it coach speak. I think we can expect to see more Drew Sanders where, where we've seen, and I would expect to see some more of the younger guys, which we've seen maybe as a natural progression as the season has gone on. But this is a great, another great opportunity to get some of your younger guys involved against not the Detroit Lions, who have a very complicated offense to try and face and weapons all over the place, not against the Miami Dolphins when we first saw Drew Sanders, where they drop him in the middle of the defense and his head is spinning around in circles, but against a team that's going to throw a lot underneath and who's going to try and run the ball up the middle a lot, and that's linebacker heaven. So I would like to see Drew Sanders out there. I'd like to see the speed of Nick Benito being able to chase down, and it's going to be really, really important that this team tackles because the only downfield threat that the Raiders posed against the Colts, who aren't a great defense, the only downfield threat that they posed was uh, was to Devontae Adams. Now, the other thing on this, the Raiders' offensive line is beat up. Now, they were doing a really good job protecting the front four of the, of the Colts, who's good. The Colts are top five in sacks. They weren't getting a ton of pressure with their front four to begin with. But you look at um, Thera Munford, one of their offensive tackles. He did not participate yesterday, and, the, and, and it was just a walkthrough, so it's an estimation. But he was uh, estimated as a DNP. His backup, Colton Miller, limited. Um, Elamani, I'm going to mess up his name. Their their other tackle, Elamanor, um, was limited. Is limited also. So their their offensive line is really beat up. So. Um, and FRF says, you know, you know, that's okay. The Broncos pass rush is anemic and we'll, we'll get into that on, on Monday as well. It's, it's, it's really bad. The Broncos pass rush is really bad. Nick shared a, uh, a graphic that just shows the, and I'll show it on Monday as we go through it, but I'll, I'll talk about it now and you can go find Nick on Twitter if you hadn't seen it, but it was basically how often that the, it was a graph plot graph. How often are you being are you winning in pass rate and how often are you being double teamed where the two axes? So if you're up in the top right, that means I'm getting double teamed a lot and I'm still winning. If I'm down here in the bottom left, it means I'm not getting double teamed and I'm not winning. Guess where the Broncos defensive line edge guys were? They were down here in this bottom left quadrant, unfortunately. So they're not commanding double teams and they're not winning their pass rushes very much. So that is a uh, that's a problem. The good news is the Raiders' offensive line is banged up enough that you, you might be able to generate pressure with four guys. Um, let me see here. Let me see. Jake asked a question. Wasn't it you that told Chad that if he makes a claim of Wilson, that he better back it up? Uh, I'm not sure what that means, Jay. Um, what I said was... Um, what I the, the discussion I had with Chad on Sunday was when he was talking about how he made the the reference that guys that were looking to extend their that, that we'd be talking about extending their contracts, Garrett Bowles, um, Justin Simmons, and Cortland Sutton looking to extend, which would then give the Broncos more cap flexibility moving forward and securing them to longer term contracts that somehow that was a more, a more of a magnanimous gesture than Russell Wilson, who didn't want to do it, didn't want to play ball. I said that was BS. 
saying guys with one year left on their deal and I want to give you more money and more years versus, you know, I want to basically protect myself against you being, I want out of your contract. That was, those are two different things. Those are two very, very different things. And, and extending Russell, extending Garrett Bowles, extending uh, Justin Simmons and Cortland Sutton doesn't mean that they're all of a sudden better Broncos and more magnanimous and doing it for the team. And Russell Wilson's the bad guy. That that was baloney. Those are apples and oranges. That's what I said. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly what you remember, but that's what I said. Um, let me see. We'll come down here. I'm going to get out of here in just a couple minutes. I want to go towards, uh, I'm going to get a couple of the last few questions here. Um, we talked about pass rush. Broncos will also move to Little Rock. Probably not here. Don't expect this to happen. Um, when Jonathan Cooper is your best pass rusher, you have issues. It's nice to get the production you've gotten out of Jonathan Cooper. You know, you get nine sacks out of a seventh round draft pick with, with a game to play. I think he's at eight and a half. Uh, wow. I mean, he's he's going to make a lot of money in this league. You know, when you come in as a seventh round draft pick, you you kind of feel like you're, you're day to day. And he hasn't gotten a lot of money yet, but he's going to make several million dollars he'll make eight figures over the course of his career he can be here for a while um i think that's a it's just but do i want him being my number one no but i can make five million a year being someone's number three and he's gonna have a long career in the nfl i think that's uh you know as, as jeremy says i think he's probably the third best pass rusher um and that's where he should be um you know baron browning is your in, in to, to 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 the other point is he's leading part of that is uh, he's been available. You know, he hasn't missed any games. Baron Browning is probably your best pass rusher. And I think it's it's probably a, a discussion between Nick Benito and, and Jonathan Cooper because Nick Benito is quicker, uh, but he, I don't know that that makes him a better pass rusher because he's, if he doesn't beat a guy with speed, he doesn't beat a guy. Uh, where Jonathan Cooper, he has a little bit more to his game, but not quite the athleticism. So th there's a discussion um, to uh, to be had there. Um, Russell, a robot of doom says, also, Scott, thank you for replying and answering my comments and questions. Hey, glad to do it. Glad to do it. Um, Michael says, and this is a good shout too. He says, cornerback Riley Moss will need some playing time to see what he can do with the Broncos defense. And you want Riley Moss in that opposite corner spot you don't want to have to bring Fabian Moreau back. That, Fabian Moreau's been good. Uh, he's been good this year. The The Broncos defense turned around when Fabian Moreau came in, when Jaquan McMillan came in, when Baron Browning came in. Um, I would even add P.J. Locke into there. Uh, those were four moves that were that were on the field by week seven that weren't in on the field in the first few weeks of the season, and they made a big difference. Riley Moss is you you traded up to draft him and he had a, a core muscle injury. It was like an abdominal. I'm not I don't remember exactly, but it was debilitating that kept him out of preseason, kept him out of camp. So this is why we kind of joke it's a redshirt year. You are counting on Riley Moss to step up and take a spot next year. Drew Sanders, Marvin Mims, those are three young guys that you're looking for to, to take a step up next season as part of the rebuild that we we talked about earlier. Um so it is uh it is happening. 
that rebuild. I, I kind of poo-pooed earlier. There's draft guys in there that you are counting on. Um, Gordon says, love the shirt, by the way. Uh, this is this isn't what I'm doing, just Broncos. I wear this shirt. It is a Chelsea shirt, but it works well with Broncos colors. And um, I went to Auburn, so you know the, the blue and orange works pretty well. I've got a lot of that in the closet, so that works very well. Um, Michael Ranquillo says, safety jail Skinner. Maybe as far as guys that you're looking to step up, um, what was he, six round? Uh, injured. I don't have as high a hopes for him. Uh, if he comes in and, and and gets it, you expect Riley Moss, Marvin Mims, and Drew Sanders to become plus contributors to this team. I don't expect that from JL Skinner. If I get it, like I've gotten with Jonathan Cooper, then gravy. And then I'm I'm really happy. But I don't expect that um from uh from michael uh reginald um I, I don't really have time to read every one of these comments but if i see a couple comments that say this guy needs to go i will uh we are this is a denver broncos chat not a russell wilson fan club so let's be respectful of the people that are already here um a couple of guys i really liked watching the the defense or we can say in the offense too. And if y'all have any questions about the game specifically, I'm going to hit on this before we get out of here. Um, I think Aiden O'Connell has played pretty well for you know a fourth round pick. You know, can it be done? Can I get a a quarterback later in the draft? Yeah, you can. I think Aiden O'Connell has played pretty well for for Vegas. Um, you know, he's got one of those opposite games that the Broncos had. But what I mean by that is, I look at the defensive stats and that seventy point. Miami game skews a lot of things. Well, he had one of those games against the Chargers that skews a lot of things. Um, but overall, I think he's played better than expected, and I think he has gotten better as the season has gone on. A lot of underneath, though. A lot of underneath passes going there right now. So tackling is going to be huge in this one. Don't let the yards after the catch, and I think you can uh, you, you can take care of it. Richie Rich coming in. Good morning. Uh, good to see you. Good to see you as well. Um, appreciate you being here. And Antonio, we're not reading that comment. We don't We do not do that on this channel, except for Go Broncos. I'll say Antonio says Go Broncos and that other stuff. I don't have my glasses on. I can't read quite what he has to say on YouTube. Uh, prediction on this one at Vegas. I'm going to do what I can for Broncos country and try and be wrong right out of the gate. I think if they... I, I think this one means more. And when I've got kind of a pick them in mind, that's kind of what I go to. Um, Max Crosby's a problem. He ain't going to stop. Uh, Antonio Pierce has these guys playing hard. Uh, it's at home. I'm not sure how much of a difference that makes. It might feel like a home game to, to Broncos fans in Vegas. Um, but I, I just think that there's a little bit more on the line for, for the Raiders. I think they are playing relatively well. I like the Raiders in this one, but... I'm not, if I said, okay, what do you want to bet on? Nothing. I don't feel like this really matters to either team. And I think it's close. So it could absolutely go either way. Um, but I will pick the Raiders in this one. Uh, Ernie coming in, Broncos country only. He says Broncos 27, Raiders 13. I'll take the under on that one. I don't see 40 points in this one. I think more like a, 16 to 13 type of game, bunch of field goals. Um, if this one goes 40, I'd take the Raiders. 
If someone's going to score 27, I think it might be the Raiders with Devontae Adams and Aiden O'Connell throwing a little bit better than Jarrett Stidham uh, and, and throwing the ball downfield a little bit. Richie says uh, Raiders 21 to 17. And Jeremy says uh, it's too bad the Chiefs won last week. It would have made Sunday much more interesting. Yeah, it would. This, again, this one will still be fun. We'll see you on the gut reaction. You still want to get that monkey off your back. You vanquish the Chiefs. Got a chance to have a, a winning season for the first time in a long time. You got a seven-game losing streak to the Raiders. You've lost nine out of ten. I don't mean to kick you while you're down here, but this is this one matters. It does. Don't get me wrong. I just think it means a little bit more, and it's the home game. I'm going to go with the home team on this one. So on that note, I am going to get out of here. Uh, I don't think I missed anyone else on 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 super chats or stars. I tried to hit a bunch of the comments too. But I definitely want to make sure we're getting y'all that when you come in and, and you're supporting the show uh, financially, I really hate missing those. Uh, Pearl, good to see you. She says, I hate the Raiders. I want to win. <laughs> like Gordon scores 19 to 5. We've had so many weird scores. Yeah, what is it? Two scoragamis in the same year? That's, you know, with as many games that get played. So I'm going to get out of here. I will be back tomorrow on my channel, youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy. I'm going to be talking playoff matchups. So if you want to come talk a little football with me tomorrow morning, that's what I'm going to do. Don't forget, you've got the Priest back tonight on the Mile High Huddle podcast. Uh, and then over the weekend, you got Saturday or, you know, Dub Valley Deep Divers Friday night, uh, Legends of Mile High uh, Friday morning, Orange and Blue review on Saturday night, and then the gut reaction for the season finale on Sunday night. We'll be here for that. So appreciate everybody for being here. Y'all have a great football weekend. I hope I see you tomorrow on youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy. But if not, we'll see you Monday for sure. Y'all have a great football weekend and thanks for being here. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.